Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 14th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, gold is definitely in the spotlight this week. We've got another major geopolitical event driving safe haven demand for the yellow metal. Two oil tankers were attacked in the Gulf of Oman yesterday, ratcheting up tensions between the U.S. and Iran. In fact, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has already blamed the Iranians. This isn't really the forum to get into foreign policy, but I just have to say, I'm a little skeptical. If you look at all of the parties involved and who benefits by attacking oil tankers, well, the Iranians aren't really high on that list, if you ask me. I'm looking at you, John Bolton, in Israel, in Saudi Arabia. Regardless of who's to blame, tensions in the Middle East, along with some bad economic data out of China, have given gold yet another boost. It is on track for its fourth straight weekly gain. The yellow metal jumped better than 1% this morning and pushed through the key 1350 level. Gold is now trading at the highest price since April 2018, and it's just over 1% away from hitting its 2016 peak. As I record this podcast, we're at around 1356. I mentioned some bad data out of China. The National Bureau of Statistics released figures showing that Chinese industrial production grew at its slowest pace in 17 years last month. That has stoked fears that Beijing's efforts to stimulate growth aren't enough to counter the effects of the trade war. There was also some bad economic news out of the U.S. There was an unexpected rise in the number of Americans filing for unemployment in the week ending June 8. This comes on the heels of an abysmal May jobs report. All of this is feeding speculation that the Fed is indeed going to cut rates. The consumer price data that came out this week was also pretty tepid. That means no signs of inflationary pressures. We're actually starting to see markets pricing in two rate cuts by the end of this year. The central bankers meet next week, so all eyes will be on Powell and company. Stop and think about this for just a second. Just seven months ago, everybody was talking about two or three rate hikes this year. Balance sheet reduction was on autopilot. But now it looks increasingly like the Fed is going into recession fighting mode. What are they going to do when the recession really becomes apparent? Of course, the stock markets love all of this. Last week, the Dow gained 4.7%, and other stock indices followed that upward trend, snapping a six-week losing streak. The bullishness continued into this week. So what drove the market up? Was it great earnings reports? Well, no, not really. There were a few companies that posted solid earnings, but there was nothing earth-shaking. Was it great economic data? Well, no. In fact, most of the news was bad. I've already mentioned the horrible jobs report. Meanwhile, the New York Fed lowered its GDP growth estimate both for Q2 and Q3. So what is driving stocks? Well, of course, it's the Fed. The central bank has completely abandoned any pretense of normalizing interest rates or shrinking the balance sheet. The Fed is about to cut interest rates again. Consider this. That would mean the peak of this interest rate cycle was 2.5%. That is not anywhere near normal. 
So let's recap. Why is the Fed going to have to cut interest rates to prevent the bubble from deflating and to prevent the bubble economy from returning to recession? As Peter Schiff put it in his podcast this week, the addict is giddy at the mere thought of a fix. It is only because the Fed is going to give the heroin addicts on Wall Street more of the heroin. This is why the market is going up. This is why the bond market is going up. This is why rates are falling, because the bond market thinks the Fed is going to work its magic one more time. It's going to slash interest rates. It's going to force feed cheap money into the economy. It's going to do quantitative easing, and it's going to be a party in the bond market. It's going to be a party on Wall Street. Except it's not, because inflation is going to crash the party. A dollar collapse is going to crash the party. So the people who are buying gold right now, I think they're probably the smart ones. That's why gold needs to be in the spotlight. Now, speaking of smart ones buying gold, another billionaire investor likes the yellow metal. During an interview on Bloomberg TV, Paul Tudor Jones didn't mince any words when he was asked about his view on the markets. He said, I think one of the best trades is going to be gold. Jones said he sees the possibility of $1,700 gold in the near future. He said, if I had to pick my favorite trade for the next 12 to 24 months, it would probably be gold. I think if it goes to $1,400, I think it goes to $1,700 rather quickly. It has everything going for it in a world of rates that are conceivably going down in the United States and going to zero. So pretty much what Peter's been saying. There are also some demand fundamentals supporting gold right now. After a dip in demand in 2018, it appears Indians are buying the yellow metal again. Combined shipments of gold into the country during April and May came in at 226.6 tons. That was up about 74% from the same period in 2018. As Yahoo Finance put it, higher gold imports by India, the world's second biggest consumer of the yellow metal, could support global prices further. The Chinese are still buying gold. The People's Bank of China added to its official gold reserves for the sixth straight month in May as it continues efforts to minimize exposure to the dollar. The Chinese added another 15.86 tons of gold to their hoard. They also seem to be increasing the pace of their buying. It was the biggest increase in Chinese reserves since they started buying again last December. Argonaut Securities analyst Helen Lau told Bloomberg the increased Chinese gold buying reflects the government's, quote, determined diversification away from dollar assets. You know, I don't think people are paying enough attention to this concerted effort to move away from the dollar. I think part of the reason it doesn't get much play in the mainstream is because, well, it's primarily Russia and China that we hear about, you know, and they're the bad guys. So everybody expects them to try to topple the greenback. And I also think a lot of Americans underestimate the economic clout, especially of China. They don't think it's really going to have any effect. But it's not just America's enemies that are tired of the U.S. using the dollar as a billy club. A European payment system set up to circumvent U.S. sanctions on Iran will be ready soon, according to German Foreign Minister Heiko Maas. The new payment system called INSTEX, that's Instrument in Support of Trade Exchanges, will allow France, Britain, and Germany, along with other EU nations, to continue to trade with Iran outside of the dollar-based SWIFT payment system. When the EU announced this plan, it said the new payment channel would allow companies to preserve oil and other business deals with Iran, despite U.S. sanctions. 
The Russians have already set up an alternative payment system that has reportedly surpassed SWIFT in popularity within that country. So what's the deal with SWIFT? Well, basically, the U.S. has used this global payment system to pressure other countries to bend to its will. It's a mechanism the U.S. can use to weaponize the dollar. And it's not slow to use it, and a lot of countries don't like it. The fact that the global system facilitating financial transactions uses the dollar gives the U.S. a lot of economic and geopolitical leverage. SWIFT enables financial institutions to send and receive information about financial transactions in a secure, standardized environment. Since the dollar is the world reserve currency, SWIFT facilitates the international dollar system. In 2014 and 2015, the U.S. blocked several Russian banks from SWIFT as relations between those two countries deteriorated. And last fall, the U.S. threatened to lock China out of the dollar system if it didn't follow U.N. sanctions on North Korea. So in order to shake loose from U.S. control, we're seeing efforts to limit exposure to the U.S. dollar by setting alternative payment systems up and creating financial channels that don't rely on the greenback. This is something you should keep your eye on. Peter talked about it during a couple of TV interviews recently. He said the surge in central bank gold buying is all part of this move away from the dollar and a preparation for a dollar crisis. He said the days that the dollar is a reserve currency are numbered and the smart central banks are trying to buy as much gold as they can before the number is up. Okay, one last thought before we close out the show. You know, I used to believe that Republicans were the party of limited government and fiscal responsibility. Well, the party of limited government and fiscal responsibility just ran up the biggest May budget deficit in the history of the U.S. Now, the media wants to blame the Trump tax cuts on the budget deficit, but revenues are actually up slightly, mostly because of the tariffs. The real problem is spending. For the first time in U.S. history, get this, the federal government has spent more than $3 trillion in the first eight months of the fiscal year. Spending is up 9.3% on the year so far. Thank you, Republican Party of Fiscal Responsibility. You know, everybody is all ho-hum about the spending and the debt, but this is what you would expect in the midst of a major recession. What is this going to look like when the recession really hits? My advice, get ready. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes. Or you can subscribe on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for all that stuff in the show notes page, along with articles that pertain to stuff that was on the show. And if you're listening on YouTube, you are welcome and encouraged. Just share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comment section. We always love to hear from you guys. So that's a wrap, and we'll talk to you next time.